0: Hey, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com.
1: I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how narcissism may be driven by insecurity and the strange history of how lobster became a delicacy. We'll also answer a listener question about how astronauts clean their underwear.
0: Let's satisfy some curiosity. Curiosity.
1: If narcissists have an inflated sense of their own awesomeness, then why do they so often behave in ways that make people like them less? That's a question that has puzzled scientists for a long time. But now, a new study from New York University could help shed some light. It suggests that narcissists may not have an inflated sense of themselves. Instead, they might just be covering for their insecurity. To get to the bottom of narcissism, the researchers recruited 300 participants to answer some questions about themselves. The questions were organized around a new scale the researchers designed to measure how much of someone's self-image is driven by insecurity. They called the measure FLEX, shorthand for the Performative Self-Elevation Index. Don't think too long about it. Anyway, FLEX is made up of four characteristics. Social desirability, the need for social validation self-elevation, and social dominance. A person who's high in all four flex categories would agree with statements like, I'm likely to show off if I get the chance. It matters that I am seen at important events. I have exquisite taste, and I like knowing more than other people. As you might be able to imagine, people high in the flex categories also tended to be high in narcissism. Someone who tends to really crave social validation might also tend to inflate their own accomplishments in public. But those same people were not high in psychopathy, which has generally been defined in a way that's remarkably similar to narcissism. It's associated with an inflated sense of self, delusions of grandeur, and a lack of empathy. But that inflated sense of self comes from a different place. Narcissists talk themselves up because they're insecure, psychopaths talk themselves up because they truly believe they're better than other people. And that's an important finding, since previous research has struggled to draw a bright line between narcissism and psychopathy. Now we know that while psychopaths have extremely high self-esteem, narcissism may be a way of compensating for low self-esteem. Narcissists are insecure, and to cope with that insecurity, they flex— But those flexing behaviors make people like them less in the long run, and that makes their insecurities even worse. So they end up in a vicious cycle of feeling insecure, flexing, being disliked, feeling even more insecure, and doubling down on their flexes. Narcissism can be treated with talk therapy, although the individual has to want to change. But considering the pain it causes themselves and others, it seems like a change worth making.
0: If you go to a nice fancy restaurant, you might notice that the priciest thing on the menu is probably lobster. But did you know that before the 19th century, most people wouldn't be caught dead eating it? Here's the strange story of how the lobster clawed its way to the top of our fanciest menus. When European colonists first reached North America, lobsters were so plentiful that they would wash ashore in huge piles. Indigenous Americans used the common crustacean for food and to fertilize crops and bait fish hooks. Lobsters' abundance meant they were dirt cheap. Like I said, nowadays their meat is some of the most expensive there is, but back then it was cheaper than a can of beans. It was regularly fed to servants, prisoners, and even livestock and cats— Some indentured servants in Massachusetts supposedly wrote into their contracts that they wouldn't eat it more than twice a week. One big reason for lobsters' vile reputation may have come down to its preparation method. Lobsters are covered in Vibrio bacteria, which is a microbe that lives in seawater. When you kill a lobster, Vibrio bacteria moves in to infect the flesh in a matter of hours— And if you eat that flesh, you can get terrible food poisoning. Back then, lobsters were butchered ahead of time, just like any other meat, and that made eating them risky. But the tide began to turn for lobsters in the mid-19th century. In the 1840s, New Englanders started canning seafood, and that kills bacteria. At the same time, railways were spreading across the country, and that led to a tourism boom. Tourists didn't know what lobster was, so railways realized they could serve this cheap meat to the inland passengers as if it were an exotic delicacy. And they loved it! Once they got off the trains, they kept asking for it. And the more people requested lobster, the more the supply dwindled and the price shot up. And finally, toward the end of the century, chefs figured out an effective, if cruel, way to make lobster even safer and tastier. That's by boiling them alive. Lobster prices peaked in the 1920s and then crashed with the Great Depression. No one could afford to eat it in restaurants anymore, so canned lobster came back in vogue. Lobster wasn't rationed like other foods during World War II, so more people discovered its deliciousness and drove it back up to luxury status by the 1950s. So, lobsters went from lowly bottom feeders to upper crust Asians in a couple centuries. Talk about a rebrand.
1: We got a voicemail from Michelle in San Fernando, California. Have a listen. How do astronauts wash their underwear? And particularly female astronauts, because, you know... There's a lot going on over there. Oh, man, Michelle. This question has been a journey to answer, and I'll share those details at the end of today's episode. But the simple answer to how astronauts wash their underwear? They don't. I know. It was a shock to me, too. See, laundry machines are heavy and water is precious in space. Instead, astronauts just throw their laundry away when they're done with it. That means they have to bring a lot of underwear, and socks, and shirts and pants up there with them. Astronauts on the International Space Station use these unmanned Russian cargo ships, known as progress ships, to receive supply shipments. Once these ships are empty, they're refilled with any trash the astronauts don't want to carry back with them. Then these ships head back to Earth and burn up on re-entry. Yeah, astronaut underwear isn't washed. It's burned in a fiery death. I know what you're thinking. This sounds awfully wasteful. That's why astronauts wear their clothes for a lot longer than you or I do. They wear the same socks and underwear for up to a week at a time, and shirts and pants get reworn for a lot longer. On one hand, the atmosphere of the ISS is temperature-controlled and a lot cleaner than the air on Earth. But on the other hand, Astronauts need to exercise regularly to keep their muscles from weakening in microgravity, and that means they sweat a lot. So it's not the best solution, and NASA is working to develop antimicrobial fabrics that can make the astronaut experience a little nicer. And when it comes to astronauts who menstruate, they've got a few options. Some use hormonal birth control to pause their menstruation for the length of their mission, those who don't still get all the supplies they'd usually have on Earth, which they just throw away with the other trash. And if their underwear gets dirty ahead of schedule, well, that's just more to burn on re-entry. Thanks for your question. If you have a question, send an email or a voice recording to curiosity at or leave us a voicemail like Michelle did at 312-596-5208.
0: Ashley, what are we learning about next week on Curiosity Daily?
1: Well, next week, you'll learn about four reasons you feel Zoom fatigue and how to get over them, why lightning strikes were vital to the origin of life on Earth, how scientists captured the smallest measurement of gravity on record, why computers can never generate truly random numbers, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today.
0: Well, we learned that narcissism might not come from an overinflated sense of ego but instead from a sense of insecurity. And that's important because psychopaths have very high self-esteem. So the fact that narcissists have low self-esteem means it'll be easier to tell them apart in the future.
1: Personality psychology is weird, man. Lots of categories.
0: (laughs) So many categories.
1: (laughs) Well, we also learned that lobsters used to be cheap and unpopular because the way that they were prepared could give people food poisoning. That's because they're covered in a bacteria that will take over the meat if you kill them ahead of time and just chill them the way that you would with, you know, beef or chicken. But once people started canning seafood and sending it across the country, people loved it. The demand shot up and we ended up with the pricey delicacy we have today.
0: Delicious.
1: Are you a big lobster person? I like lobster okay. I think I like crab better, actually.
0: I'm a scallops guy.
1: Yeah, scallops are great. I am definitely uncomfortable with the fact that you have to boil lobsters alive. There's this belief that lobsters can't feel pain that I think is pretty outdated. Like, we're, we're pretty sure now that they can. And I think it's honestly kind of weird to think that any animal can't feel pain because pain is sort of a basic tool of evolution. Most organisms move away from unpleasant stimuli. And uh, yeah, boiling anything alive is it's pretty bad news. Yeah, I don't like that.
0: We also learned that astronauts don't wash their underwear. They wear it for like a week and then they throw it out where it burns up on the Earth's atmosphere on re-entry. Really gives new meaning to the saying, liar, liar, pants on fire. More like astronaut, astronaut, underwear and a bunch of other clothes on fire. This doesn't have the same ring to it.
1: You know, if they're, if they're UK astronauts, then it's still pants on fire.
0: Oh, that's true. Hmm. There you go. So this question like blew your mind, right?
1: It did. I didn't even try researching the question when I first got it because I was like, I need to talk to an astronaut for this, which is pretty cool. Like, honestly, I'm like looking at myself like, oh, you're just, you're just going to call up an astronaut, are you? But we have NASA contacts and I think we could have. And nobody wanted to answer the question. I just I, I had people that usually email me back when I was like, "How do they wash their underwear?" I think everybody was like, "I'm not gonna tell you that. Like, that's not no, that's none of your business." So, and I put it out on Twitter. I had someone DM me who was like, "Okay, yeah, what uh, what's the question? You need an astronaut? What's the question?" And I I told them and no response. This keeps, this kept (laughs) happening. So finally I was like, well, this, this question's too good to just let it languish. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to see what the answer is. And the answer was so amazing. Who knew that astronauts wore their underwear for like a week and then, and then threw it out. I, I just love that. I love it so much.
0: I have several all caps Slack messages from you. documenting this amazing occasion.
1: Yeah, I don't know what I expected but it wasn't that.
0: Almost makes you wonder why they would even
1: bother to wear underwear out in space, but but then they can't wear their pants for as long. Right? Oh. True. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Today's stories were written by Kelsey Dunk, Steffi Drucker, and Ashley Hamer, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily.
1: Today's episode is produced and edited by Cody
0: Goff. Have a great weekend and wash your underwear or set it on fire. Who cares? Astronauts do it. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Then join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes.
1: And until then, stay curious.